Welcome to the Mom Talk Podcast, where we believe that being an informed mom is key to recognize problems at an early age. As a mom in today's world, facing challenges can be overwhelming, but having the right support can make all the difference. We're proud to provide helpful and trustworthy information to support you on your parenting journey. We do this by interviewing parenting experts from all over the world. Visit us at mom-talk.ca to access our podcast library and stay up to date with our latest content. Follow us on social media for more tips, hacks, and inspiration. Thank you for joining us on this exciting journey of motherhood. Welcome to Mom Talk, the talk show for moms. I'm your host, Genevieve Carlefebvre. And I am with my two co-hosts, Becca E. Lewis and Heather Fox. Hi, ladies. Hi. So today we're talking about daily movement for children to enhance physical health and development. And we have with us today Dr. Donna Clayman. Donna is a pediatric physiotherapist from Brooklyn, New York. Hi, Donna. Welcome to Mom Talk. Hello. Hello, ladies. So nice to be here. Yes, awesome. So Donna, what does movement helps our child's development? So obviously I'm biased being a physical therapist, but uh, movement in my opinion is really our strongest representation of development. So even as early as pregnancy, we know as moms, we're keeping track of the kicks and you know, oh, I haven't felt the baby. And that kind of starts off this appreciation for movement. Um, and then obviously, you know, it's a bigger microscope once they are earth side to see we are all aware of milestones. And those are even the communication or the social developmental milestones are based in a form of movement. So, you know, reaching for a toy or visually following a parent across the room during tummy time lets us see that the gears are turning, you know, the wheels are spinning, the child is like, I'm going to interact with my environment, I'm going to be participating with my family, and their daily routines. Um, and so when we're seeing movement that is sloppier, or less, you know, the quality of the movement, or like, we tend to, in the preschool years, kids can either be really into movement, or they could be more into sitting on the couch. And that kind of can cue a parent into seeing like, why, why are we not seeing more movement? Or how can we help encourage more movement? Um, it's the same as it works for adults, <laughs> you know, you use it or you lose it. Um, and it's a real process. It's called, um, excuse me, it's called neural pruning. So our brains and our bodies will literally get rid of circuitry if we don't use it. So if you don't use stairs, you're not going to be as fast or as smooth if you ever then get dropped off at a high rise building and you don't have an elevator. It's a new activity for you. Um, whatever you practice is what tends to be perfected. And so for child development, movement helps with social development. It's sometimes the earliest sign of communication. You know, babies will nod their head or clap and we are like, oh, yay, they're giving us a cue that this is good. We're going to do more of this. Um, cognitive abilities and development is extremely related to movement because anything that we think of as learning 
you know, we look at the board, we look down at our paper, we raise our hands, we walk to the classroom desk and things like that. We can see from even the early years, you know, if you're telling your, you know, infant, like, let's walk over to the park and they are a slower walker or they, I have a lot of families that are like, my kid trips just standing next to me. <laughs> and we're like, okay, let's look into that. Like what is happening, you know? And so it's not always that physical therapy is the, the, the missing link, but it's just alerting us that movement can give us a closer look into their overall systemic development. Um, and just like older adults or younger adults, you know, our heart, our lungs, our bones, they need movement um, to grow, to strengthen. And so that is all promoted with movement. Fantastic. So when we're with our little ones, do we want to make those like movements challenging? Like, do we, we want to be challenging our little ones? And if we are making things a little harder, a little more challenging, how can we also keep things fun for our little ones? Yeah. And so as great as movement is to showing us what they can do, a lot of times it also opens our eyes to what they cannot do. And naturally, you know, we're like, we need results, we need improvement. Um, and so this is hard, let's focus on it. But when it comes to children, they are very protective of being happy and taking things smoothly and easily. And it's a little bit of a challenge to add challenge to their movement. Um, so obviously, I tend to come in and help with these harder parts, but it's absolutely something that families can do on their own as part of their daily routine. So for example, if endurance is your challenge, um, you know, take the stairs extra in your day. There's elevators, there's escalators, but there are also steps. And it's the child that is weaker or slower isn't going to be the one to say, hey, mom, let's do steps today. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it happens rarely, but it's up to us to kind of camouflage the challenge and make it seem like, well, everyone loves to do the stairs or, you know, I'm in New York. So we have a lot of buildings that you may live on the 15th floor and it's not going to happen that you're going to walk up and down, but maybe you can get off at the 14th floor and just add one staircase. Um, also making it into a game works really well. Um, a, we as parents, when we let go of being an adult and we really let ourselves get into play, um, we are less, you know... <laughs> traumatic about it. Like we're not like, hurry up and throw me the ball. We're playing with them and we're collaborating with them. You know, let's pick a target together to throw the ball at. I have a ball and you have a ball or even with an infant, right? Like if they're working on crawling, crawl with them, add that bonding piece. So the challenge is a little bit softer because you have a partner in crime. Um, I also really like like to emphasize an enjoyable component. So maybe it's dress up, you know, maybe the princess has to stand on one foot. It's not just Maria, it's your, your princess now, your Elsa. And that's the beauty of being in pediatrics and being a parent to an, a, you know, a young child. You get to use imagination, pretend play, putting on a good dance and then using it as a free song. Um, you're, you know, you're working on the challenging movement 
but they're taking that moment as just like, oh my gosh, my mom is such a funny dancer and she falls when she's on one foot too. So like who can, who can stay longer without tumbling and, and things like that. Um, and my biggest uh, kind of secret sauce for making a challenge more fun is a mirror. Kids are so into themselves <laughs> that they will really almost do anything if it's for themselves. So if the one in the mirror is the one they have to impress and show up for, um, it will tend to buy me a little bit more motivation. Um, and so that's one, you know, at home, we all, for the most part, have a mirror. Sometimes my families, I do encourage them to move the mirror to the play area or move the play to the mirror area. But it's that combination of taking the pressure off the child having to perform. You know, we, if we know it's hard for them, trust me, they know it's hard for them. And removing them for, from a performance and just making it participation, like we're all doing this together will kind of help make it a little bit easier um, to work on the challenging parts of their movements. Mm. I, love, I love that. Yeah. Uh, when kids just know it's challenging, they're like, nope, not yeah. doing it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I know you have um, to have fun with it, right? Right. Yeah, the, shutdown, the shutdown is quick. They like, yes, it's, it's and then you don't always get them back. So. It's so much harder once they get there than it is to start off by making it fun. Yeah. Um, now, for some kids, it's going to be more challenging than others. Uh, can you give moms uh, a couple of simple activities to include that movement and physical development in that daily schedule? So, you know, there's already a lot going on in a day um, <laughs> without feeling like they're adding more to, to what they're doing. Exactly. And, and a big piece that is really important to remember, um, whether you have a child in physical therapy or not, you are a parent. I mean, I'm a parent and a physical therapist. So I kind of have to sometimes like remember which role I'm in. But parents that are looking to include movement and focus on the physical development, you are still parents. You're not supposed to be creating these Pinterest activities. You're a parent. You're not a therapist. Um, and it's really important to keep that in mind as you kind of choose which fun way you're going to include. Um, so the biggest thing, like you said, you know, our day-to-day -day schedule is jam-packed. We have to feed them. We have to love them. We have to dress them. There's just all these things. And so for me, I really found the best way is to prioritize the physical part of the day. And it may not be, you know, something that is practical to do every day. So maybe you just change your daily task. Or maybe you set days aside, like on Saturday mornings, that's the big chunk of our routine. Or you know your schedule, it's going to, there's ebbs and flows to it. But keeping physical development as a priority in your schedule, then you can kind of, you already know there's a time that's set for it. So you're not like, oh, we did, we did laundry, we did everything, but we didn't move our bodies. Like that shouldn't be happening if you are, including physical activity in your laundry, you know, so finding that combination. So I really like, um, for example, dancing, right? So even with infants, um, it works so nicely on head control. If we're just having a dance party in between the diaper change and the next feeding, 
And it's like, okay, well, I have to wait for you to finish all your burps and your reflux anyway. We might as well just put on some good music and dance to it. Um, adding some drama. So puppet shows are great for the preschooler age, the toddlers, because the monkey says everyone has to jump. You know, mommy didn't say it, the, the monkey said. And so again, you're going to be playing with your child anyway. And so that's now an option to add variety to your play routines. Um, a very kind of traditional physical activity is an obstacle course. Um, and these can get wild very quickly. <laughs> so be mindful. Um, this is an area that also helps parents establish boundaries. Like kids aren't known for following rules. But when it comes to physical development and activity, that's a really good way to practice following rules. So if you're finding like my kid doesn't stop when we're walking in the street, your physical routine will be to play stop and go. And it sets that up. So with an obstacle course, you don't necessarily have to have all the things. It could be like, you know, a post-it at the end of the hallway and that's our red light, green light or we make a line of post-its and we jump over it. It's up to you how big you want to go. Some of my families have cushions and wedges and they have balance logs. Um, and those are fun. And some don't have anything and still create that movement component. Um, I also really like some sort of um, a visual motor part of a day because we're using our eyes all the time. And I have found in my experience that Sometimes when we're not doing physical activity, we're losing on those early signs that visually we may have to help our child. So bubble popping during like, you know, the meal is prepping for lunch or you're about to have dinner and you have this in between part of the day, um, you know, throw on a bubble machine or give them the wand and see how they are able to see the bubbles and pop them. Um, Bluey made this very popular balloon game with keep it uppy. Um, so that's a really fun way. Put a balloon on a string and let them keep it up in the air. And that's a game that is really easy to work into a day to, you know, a daily activity because it's something that they're not going to be stuck doing for a long time. And you have those windows of opportunities and you just throw in a balloon, throw in a bubble game. Um, and that works our visual system that works on their timing, their reaction skills and their social development. Um, so social emotional development, if they fail to pop the balloon or the I'm sorry, the bubble, they're going to be really upset about it. <laughs> and again, movement offers the opportunity to teach your child failure and recovery. And so it works on all of those skills for how movement, you know, influences development but you're doing it in your day-to-day. -day. So if jumping is your skill that is challenging for your child, they're going to jump to pop the bubbles. Um, and so you as the parent work on what you want to accomplish, but the overarching idea is just moving in any shape or form. Um, another option I really enjoy is a feeling funny kind of play. Um, and so it's anything that includes our head position, being hanging upside down on the couch while we're giving high fives um, for the little ones or the ones that like get dizzy or get nervous, just rocking them or like bouncing them on our lap 
and you know we're going up 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 and stop and then tilting them to the side and letting them come back up and again it's a challenging move but we're doing it together and we're doing it while we're waiting to go on to bedtime routines um and i do find it's sometimes counterintuitive to do physical activity before bed but there is a ton of research that actually shows it helps kids kind of figure out, okay, I used up all my energy. I'm exhausted from this and I could go to bed. So it is something to consider, meaning like what you're choosing and when you're doing it can be that combination. So maybe an obstacle course is a Saturday morning, but you know, a dance party is right before bedtime and you have that flexibility. Um, and then obviously an activity that will be different for every family is a focused fund. So this is where it's very intentional. You know what your child's challenge is and you're targeting it. So like I said, if it's ball play, you know, then your, your activity is to throw and catch or to roll the ball or to kick the ball to each other. And you can substitute ball for a pair of socks. And so laundry becomes a really targeted, focused play because now you're throwing them the shirt that they have to catch and put in their pile. Um, and so it's this is the part where some parents are like, I don't know which one they're supposed to be. I don't know. And I always this is where I come back and say, well, you're a parent, so you have to just find resources to help you help them. But adding it into your day could be in any of these kind of very general ways that you're just playing with your child in a movement component of of life um but really any movement done together is going to probably hit some of your objectives and some of those goals for the child awesome awesome, awesome. so um if we worry about some milestones and we're not sure where our, our child is at so of course you go see someone like you that can guide us and give us some of those activities because I guess every challenge every milestone challenge will be different right yeah. and um sometimes I feel moms and myself sometimes you're lost you don't really know what your child is where should be or shouldn't be at so uh, if we're yeah. in that space we, we're wondering is everything in line no there's a problem or maybe there's a problem what do we do yeah. So that's where you would kind of pick like an activity. So let's say you're choosing um, dance party and you're going to vary up your dance party and you're going to see like, okay, well, I, as an adult can do all these, I can spin and then I can stop and I can raise my arms real high or, you know, we get really funky with our hips and you just, just, um, you know, forgetting the child development, the stages they're supposed to be in. If you're seeing variety in your child's movement when they're dancing, when they're popping balloons um, or bubbles, when they're doing these obstacle courses, the kids are really, they think they're good, but they're terrible at hiding things. Like <laughs> if you ever play, you know, hide and seek with like a two-year-old, they'll stand right in front of you and they'll just cover their eyes and they're like, where? You don't find me. <laughs> And it's really the same way with movement. Like you'll set up an obstacle course that is like for you, right? You're like, I'm going to step over a cushion. I'm going to step up onto something and then I'm going to jump over. 
and your child will like start and then you see them walking around the activity you placed or you'll get a really quick I don't wanna <laughs> and then okay you don't wanna on Tuesday but the idea of making movement a routine is that on Thursday mommy's going to try to throw you laundry and you're going to want to only catch sitting down. You're not going to want to stand up. So maybe as a parent, you don't know when they're supposed to catch with their body, kind of like, give me the ball. I don't care how I got it. Um, or when they're supposed to just do a really clean one hand, but you notice they never do it standing up or they're always, they're, they always want to be the catcher or I'll throw mommy, give it to me. I'll throw. And they just never want to catch. And by having movement and physical activity be routine, you'll even not knowing anything about child development, you'll start picking up on this, like, it's not a full participation. It's like a trickery. Like they're like, ah, eh, I don't, let's play trucks. And you're always playing trucks, but they don't want to play trucks kneeling. They only want to sit on the floor. Mm -hmm. They don't want to play trucks up the wall, you know, where you're kind of moving from one wall to the other, driving the van. You just, they just want to do this. And you're like, Hey dude, let's move our arms all the way up. Um, and you'll make those connections just because you, as an adult, you'll have so much variety that your child is going to start to be really, really rigid in what they're, what is fun. And they kind of hide it that way. Like they're like, Oh, it's not fun. And I'm like, ah, is it not fun or is it like too hard? Um, and so the best resource would be, you know, a professional. I find that sometimes having family members that, you know, we, we don't compare children, but we all have friends who have kids that are more into certain things and less into other things. And so setting up a play date, if your child not into jumping, but or like they don't want to ride a bike, but your friend's kid is. If that peer-to-peer -peer motivation doesn't kick in or you're showing them, you know, you're playing in front of a mirror and you're trying to do jumping jacks and they're not, um, those like, or a playground is a really nice way to see really pressures off, right? Like it's a natural environment for movement. It's really hard to be sedentary in a playground because you're either going to be in somebody's way or you're going to just like, why aren't you on the slide? Why aren't, you know, why are you on the bench? Um, I find a lot of kids want to snack. They want to go to the park and have a picnic. And I'm like, great, but we're here to move. So not knowing much about what's next, putting your child into these naturally you know, influencing movement spaces will be helpful. Um, I like pathways.org. So finding an online resource, um, they do it kind of by ages and stages. So like, I don't approve of parents Googling, you know, my four-year-old isn't catching because <laughs> then you go down a rabbit hole. But if yeah. you have another parent with an older child who's hit these milestones, um, or you have a resource online that you can just, let me just see what a four-year-old should be doing. Um, it's a little bit gentler um, as you start to discover some of these lapses or some of this, you know, kind of like, huh, what, what, why, is, why isn't this fun, you know? Um, and then you can kind of pursue it. I always recommend for parents to see any challenges that you do pick up on 
see it as an opportunity to learn more about your child. And sometimes they really just are not interested. And it's it's not hard for them. They just don't want to. And the, mm-hmm. the way that I kind of help parents decipher that is, can they do it? If they can, but they don't want to, we leave it be, right? But if every opportunity that they're given to show that they can just becomes and I don't want to, then it's like, hey, bud, you know, is it is it hard for you? Can you show me another way that you want to do it? Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's going to change depending on their age, how much they can tell you. But um, if they can do it, and they choose or just don't want to, they have that right as well. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Donna. That was an amazing podcast. Lots of beautiful information. Thank you again for joining us today. <laughs> I so- feel like this is a very uh, full circle moment for me because when I became a mom in 2014, um, this podcast was one of the first that I found when I was doing my stroller walks, <laughs> um, a new physical activity that I had to adapt as a parent. And the information from experts and from parents is just so valuable on the podcast that it's it's kind of crazy that I'm on here as, you know, a host, like a, a talker, a speaker now. It's wild. Awesome. I remember when you told me this when we talked over the phone and I was like, oh, really? So yeah. it's great to know that we get to help people like everywhere, right? In Canada, yeah. United States. And we have people listening in uh, in Australia and um, even in Africa. So it's great. It's great to help a lot of moms out there. Well, thank you for saying this. Yeah. <laughs> for everyone that is watching us, that are listening to us, to reach us or to view all our available episodes, please visit our website at mom-talk.ca or visit the Mom Talk YouTube channel or or all um, other podcast platforms. So the Mom Talk show previously called Parent Talk Podcast and Les Parents Parlent Balado is a bilingual show. So check out our great content in both English and French. If you're an expert in the parenting world, please do like like Donna. Come and meet us and um, we want to hear from you. Don't hesitate. We're always open to have new experts on the show. So Mom Talk would like uh, to thank our generous sponsor, the Tri-Cities Community Television and La Société Francophone de Maillardville. If you know our mom that would benefit from watching this episode, uh, spread the love, share it with her. Always remember it's important to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village and be through to yourself. See you soon for another amazing guest. And from uh, Becca, Heather and I, Genevieve, thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.